Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring one minute at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And I'm Norman Mitchell. And today we'll be talking about Minute 30, which uh, starts with Bilbo still looking at the ring in his hand and ends with the ring sitting on the doorstep, which is an awesome shot. Yes. Because it's in the shadow. The door slowly opens. The sh- yeah, the door opens. And the ring sitting on the tile just inside the door to back so end. So good. And, of so, course, it's Gandalf opening the door because Bilbo just walked away. Yeah. I like that uh, The that really iconic shot of the ring falling is yeah. in this minute. Yeah. And in the actor commentary, Billy Boyd and Dominic McMonaghan are like, hey, so they used magnets. So that it just clung to the floor. Yeah. And everyone's like, what? Really? That's amazing. And then... You the production commentary. To the production commentary. Like, no, it's just a, a just an oversized lead ring. Yeah. So that just so like, it gets that thump. satisfying cathunk. It's a very satisfying cathunk. It is. It's very cathartic. Yeah. It's a very cathartic cathunk. Well, because it needs to <laughs> cathartic cathunk. <laughs> yeah. Is that like a Norse metal band? Because <laughs> Arctic cathartic. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> The first thing that popped into my brain was like a metal band. Cathartic cathunk. Cathartic cathunk. It's very alliterative. I it's like, like it. one word. Just say it as one word. Cathartic cathunk. Cathartic cathunk. <laughs> Does that sound like a Norse name? It sounds like a Norse like, word. No, cathartic cathunk sounds like a like gobbledy, gobbledygook, like some weird goblin language. It sounds cathartic like cathunk. It sounds like fay. Sounds like a name. It sounds like a. a a realm in the Fae, in the Fae lands. I think it says, like, the name of, like... like Cathartic-a-thunk. <laughs> that sounds like an orcish name. Like, go see Lord Cathartic-a-thunk. <laughs> <gasps> Never speak to me or my son Cathartic-a-thunk ever again. Can we name a cat Cathartic-a-thunk? <laughs> Can we please adopt a cat expressly for the purpose of naming it Cathartic Thunk? We'll just call it Cece. Can you imagine being at the shelter filling out the paperwork? Being like, what are you going to name your cat? Cathartic Thunk. <laughs> they would assume it was some reference. They have no hope oh of understanding. Oh my god. Holy They'd be right. Cathartic Thunk. Cathartic Thunk. That's fun to that's, say. That's now just like the name of every nameless orc in this movie. <laughs> Cathartic-a-thunk. There goes our friend Cathartic-a-thunk. There's Cathartic-a-thunk and Cathartic-a-thunk and Cathartic-a-thunk. <laughs> Cathartic-a-thunk Jr. Cathartic-a-thunk the Elder. Cathartic-a-thunk the Ugly. As I was about to say, <laughs> before we got all the way out here, I, you know what? In Cathartic-a-thunk. No, okay, so... <laughs> It is, though. It's very cathartic. And it it's a cathunk. It's true. <laughs> I was going to say that <laughs> it's very important that this drop, that this, this, this thump sounded so good because it needed to feel to the audience the way uh, that Bilbo responds to it, like the look on his face, that this is a great burden being lifted. So it has to like, it has to feel so heavy. So it feels like it is a burden gone. 
And then Bilbo's expression when he steps outside the door is like, almost like he's trying to calm himself down after being in a fight after he drops that ring because he's like, he's shaking his head a little bit. He's breathing heavy. You know he's what? calming himself you down. You know what? Actually, I wouldn't say it's a fight. I would say it's like the long cry you have after you break up with somebody. <clears throat> that's what that is. That's that's I, exactly what that is. It's not me. No, it's no. You. It's not even like the <laughs> stupid, like, whatever voice that was supposed to be, like Fabio. No, you know when you break up with somebody and you just you're very upset about it regardless of who broke up with who you're just like having this ridiculous meltdown and then you stop and you pick yourself up and you take a deep breath and then you just let it out that's what that is i don't know it looks to me like he looks to me like he's calming down from being angry not like he's calming down from being upset but it's not even just like upset like i don't know like after you have a long emotional outburst there's that moment of zen where you're just like all right cathartic it's cathartic it's a cathartic cathunk sir god make fun of me cathartic cathunk is so fun to say i mean this is the new magic fire mountain for me i think cathartic cathunk cathartic cathunk it's way it's funner it's It's way way, funner it's way for funner I, can we can we call our cat Cathartic Cathartic instead? Oh, but he's but Elliot's such a good name for him. I know he's so dopey. Yes, Elliot's quite but a dopey name. It's there's a lot of emotional weight, and he's separating himself from yeah. that. He just tossed this emotional point. baggage that's, on the. That's on why the floor. I say it's like breaking up with somebody instead of like fighting them because fighting them you it's a different kind of emotional, whatever. I mean, he was just all like riled up and ready to box. That's true. I don't know. He's he's ready to he's ready to to slap box with Gandalf. Slap box. Just reaches up and slaps him. Wow. <laughs> Come on, duck, weave. <laughs> he just picks him up and puts him on his shoulder and carries him out. And Bilbo's like kicking frantically with his tiny feet. <laughs> he just picks him up under his armpits and he's just like, "You put me down." Yeah, he just slings him over his shoulder. It's like Scrappy Doo. Yeah. <laughs> That's just how Gandalf deals with angry Scrappy hobbits. Scrappy just... Baggins, I named you. <laughs> Apparently, the whole idea of the ring not bouncing was Peter's idea. Mm. Peter didn't want the ring to bounce, which is funny because it bounces in the prologue. Yeah, it literally goes. To tink, to tink, to tink, to tink. Well, not boing. It's not Tigger. <laughs> the wonderful thing about rings. <laughs> I'm the only one. <laughs> The tops are made of the rubber. <laughs> the bottoms Bottoms are made made of the the rings? I guess. (laughs) Oh, man. It's Friday. Under under that armor, it's just just Tigger. Okay. Under Sauron's armor? Yeah, it's just Tigger. No! Why are you ruining my favorite Pooh character? Now I'm... Oh, you're the worst, because now Tigger is associated with Sauron in my brain for right now, and you called Sauron Dark Daddy, and now it's all in my brain as the same thing, and I hate you a lot right now. (laughs) It's okay. Oh my god. It's okay. (laughs) 
In this minute, we also hear Bilbo singing the road goes ever on and on. Yeah, the walking song. Uh, which, the we already talked about this, right? The tune was composed by Fran? Um, I think we, we misattributed it to Howard Shore because I tried to look it up. Yes. And it is, in fact, composed by uh, Fran Walsh. Yes. And then, I think, it's hard for me to separate because it is from 2001. But I think it's always the beat I've kind of read it to myself in. In a way, I think that the words really lend themselves to that melody. Isn't it iambic pentameter? It might be. Maybe it's the opposite. Down from the door where it began. Right, right. So I think it's, I mean, a lot of verse is probably iambic pentameter yeah. because it's very pleasing to say. Yes. Uh, a lot of speech is just in iambic pentameter. Mm. It's just kind of the way people talk. Because it's that lilting. Da 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 No, no. <laughs> ah, I'm trying to have a legit discussion, and you just turn it around on me. That was not a cathartic cathunk. Around. Uh, in the, I think it's the production commentary. They talk about how. Bilbo's walking stick is locally made. Yeah, it's a local made walking stick. A guy like sent them a bunch of samples and was yeah. just like, I'd love to be in your movie. And they put they, they used his walking sticks and now he makes a living off telling people that my walking sticks were in Lord of the Rings, so you should buy one. I mean, that's legit. Everyone's got a walking stick in Lord of the Rings. And he got he got it in the movie for free. He didn't have to pay anything to like be a part of it. He right. just sent them some samples and they went, Yeah, these are pretty good. They used them. And he gets to just live off that for the rest of his life. Whatever. The freest of advertising. That's so cool. I mean, every time someone watches that movie, it's like, hey, man, that's a nice walking stick. Well, <laughs> he just shows up in your living room like, well. <laughs> like the Kool-Aid man? Like, like I don't know. Or like, like the, like. <laughs> what's the demon in X-Men? The demon in X-Men? Nightcrawler? Yeah. Just no, like, not Nightcrawler. <laughs> Nightcrawler's dad. Oh, uh, Mephisto, yeah, Mephisto. Right? <laughs> just like just opens it's the door. Like, oh, golly gee whiz, that's a nice walking stick. And it's just, well, haven't I got a deal yeah. for you? <laughs> just like sits down on the couch and she puts his armor on you. <laughs> or like, uh, I know a guy. Like the Colombian coffee guy, he's just out outside the window. Every the Colombian guy. I think, I think I don't remember what commercials those are. Folgers, maybe I don't remember what commercials they are. There's like their their older commercials are like someone opens the can of coffee, and then like a guy with a oh donkey outside the right. window delivering fresh coffee to oh you my from God. Colombia. That's so racist. The nineties. It's where the coffee beans came from. Yeah, I guess. I distinctly remember him wearing some kind of sombrero, though, and that's definitely not Colombia. <laughs> and a poncho. Yeah. yeah. And the big like. The big mustache. The big mustache. That's like a mariachi, my friend. That's not from Colombia. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like the Kool-Aid man of walking The Kool-Aid man of walking <laughs> Oh, yeah. And instead of like bursting through the wall, he like comes right through the front door and he just has one. He just stops there for a second. <laughs> like that scene in The Graduate with just the leg in frame and you just see the guy on the couch like... Walking <laughs> Instead of the leg, it's like a walking stick. <laughs> we are so off the rails in this one. <laughs> I like that they locally source their stuff, though. Yeah, as much of it as they could, I guess. Yeah. Which is pretty great. 
Locally Good sourced Good for that extra. New Zealand economy. Yeah. Locally sourced walking sticks. Locally sourced Weta. Yeah. <laughs> locally sourced Peter Jackson's friends. <laughs> who wants to help me make a dream come true? Yeah. Who wants to be... My dream, just so we're clear. Who wants to be a silder? Oh, you're shifty enough. Uh, yes. <laughs> the most vain person I know. <laughs> Most corruptible and vain person. Oh my I know. goodness! That's how I'm gonna rank my friends. Are you? Are you awesome enough to be a silder? <laughs> awesome enough. <laughs> and then there's a little asterisk by awesome, and it says corruptible and vain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, when Bilbo is walking away from, we're gonna get back on topic now. Okay. So of course, when Bilbo is walking away from back end here, it's Kieran. Yeah. And he's being coached by Ian Holm, as we talked about in the last minute, mm-hmm. so that he walks the same way Ian da, Holm would. Da, 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 and there's that da, scene da, with Bilbo's hand and then Gandalf's hands. And I imagine that that's Kieran and Tall Paul no. because of how much smaller that hand looks. I don't think it is, but I think it's Ian Holm's hand and Tall Paul. Because Tall Paul has, like, dinner plate hands. <laughs> he could he could be like all of them and just paddle his way around. That's so weird. Just... <laughs> tall, good old Tall Paul. I don't think we're ever going to not think that's funny. Tall Paul? Tall Paul. It's because it rhymes. Yeah. Automatic. And there were months between the indoor and the outdoor shots for this scene, apparently. Yeah, because they did the studio ones, and then the had they had to move the exterior of Bag End to the actual Hobbiton set. Yeah. And that couldn't happen until they finished all the back end stuff. Studio stuff they had to do. Yeah. That involved the front yeah. door. And then they moved it and then they filmed the exterior shots. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Seems like quite an undertaking. This whole movie seems like quite an undertaking. How many camera units were there? We talked about this before briefly, didn't we? Like five Separate or six. Separate camera units with different directors? I think there's six or seven. Yeah. It's a lot. Because uh, Fran directs some, and the... Peter. The P- well, Peter is the main one, and then you have the... I think there's a few other co-whatever yeah. their titles are. Yeah. Because in order to get the filming done in 18 months, they had to have multiple units shooting on multiple locations at all times. At all times. Because if they'd only had one or two, it would have taken them... Twice as long. Like three years. Yeah. At least. Because it, it's already, what, 18 months is a year and a half. Yeah. 18 months out with 18 months with like one day off a week. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Going for like 12 hours a day. Sometimes longer. Yeah. Then you got to wake up at 5 a.m. to get your feet on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sucks. That's such a funny sentence. Time to get my feet on. I got to wake yeah. up at 5 a.m. to get my feet put on. <laughs> And, uh, by Sean oh, Foot. Yeah, by Sean Foot. <laughs> Sean's feet were put on by Sean Foot. <laughs> it was meant to be. What were you saying? Oh, um, it's gone. I lost it. Oh, okay, never mind. That thought's gone, gone forever because you brought up Sean Foot. I'm sorry. Um, it is funny though how much uh, Billy Boyd and Dominic Monaghan just seem to like to to BS the rest of the cast about things. 
Yeah, and then they the don't know the answer. They just make stuff up, and nobody else and just knows play what they're straight. talking about. And they're like, "Oh, and then, they, they're totally the they are Marion Pippin." Yeah, it's crazy how good the casting is yeah. for this entire movie. It's true. The only person who, in like real life, is not so much like their character really is like Orlando Bloom. Right, Orlando Bloom, like a fangirls to the max. He's such a he's he seems like such an awkward, quiet person. And Legolas is like you know awkward and quiet he's very regal orlando bloom is very orlando bloom the actor is like a puppy in these movie commentaries and in the the character of legolas is like a like a noble hound yeah one of those like an award-winning show dog that knows he's an award-winning show dog <laughs> well, using a puppy analogy. That's true. You're gonna graduate that. Like, a, like a golden retriever puppy. He's super excited about the movie. He's super excited just to be here. And the camera's on and it's showtime. Right. <laughs> Strike a pose. Strike a pose. You have to be very Orlando, you be prettier. You have to be prettier, Orlando. You have to be prettier. Mark Ward's next top model. Fierce. Fierce. Give me those tiger eyes. Oh my god. Elves are just all so pretty. The thing about elves, though, is that they're effortlessly pretty. Right. So you can't be too... I don't know if you... Can you call Elrond pretty? Elrond's not Elrond pretty. is pretty. Elrond is very noble. Elrond. Have but you I seen those eyebrows? Pretty. They are pretty. Call him, I, I wouldn't call him pretty. Elrond is gorgeous. See, but I wouldn't call him pretty. I would call everyone in this movie pretty, but that's just me. I wouldn't call Elrond pretty, because Elrond also has a look on his face like he's just seen too much crap to give a damn. Elrond doesn't give a rat's butthole about, <laughs> about anything right now. Because, like, he all... I love Hugo Weaving. He's a great actor, but it is impossible for him to not look angry because of his eyebrows. Right. He's just... Well, they're very, uh... They're, they're like, very arched, they're waxed, naturally. They're waxed very nice. I don't even know if they are, but they're very I think they are. naturally arched to a point where it's just like, what did I do? This one, they definitely look like he got them waxed or something. Maybe. I don't know, but they don't look that much different than they do in, like, The Matrix. But in The Matrix, you're wearing, he's wearing sunglasses the whole time. But you can see his eyebrows the whole time. I guess. But right here. I can't. It's been a while since I've seen The Matrix. I don't he, know. He just, I don't know. Elrond's pretty. Even whatever. when he's smiling. He looks like he's angry about something. I mean, Isildur messed up and now he has to deal with it. <laughs> For the next 3,000 years. So, I would be angry too. The last 3,000 years of my life I've had to be locked at home because of my stupid human friend. <laughs> and now his descendant is hitting on my daughter. <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> the worst. He's gonna kill her. Pour me more wine. And Thranduil's just like, all right, there you go. Sure. Except that they don't get along. Whatever. The Rivendell elves and the Mirkwood elves don't get along. Legolas gets along fine with them. Yeah. Legolas is the diplomat. Right. Because the different kinds of elves don't all get along with each other super well. Hmm. They stay very separate from each other. Yeah. They're like elf factions. Because remember, like, in The Hobbit, and they're like, oh, we came from Rivendell. And the Mirkwood Elves are like, who cares? <laughs> that doesn't give you no rights to pass through this well, forest. Well, Mirkwood Elves speak a different language. Yeah. They're uh, Sylvan Elves. 
Uh, yeah, they speak Sindarin. Yeah. And the the high elves speak Eldar. Yeah. Because the Mirkwood elves are uh, are wood elves. Yeah. Um. And Eldar is like the quote unquote proper. It's like. Yes. I I believe they there are. There is an even more complicated set of different kinds of elves. I found a chart in one of those books yeah. that shows the different kinds of elves, and it's Ooh. more than just like the Cinderin and the Kenya. Quenya. Q u e n y a. Yeah, I don't know how to. Quenya. Quenya. I bet you it's silent or something. Yeah. Quenya. Enya. I mean, it might be Kenya. <laughs> it could be Kenya because pronunciation is yeah hard. I think his pronunciation rules are pretty straightforward. Uh, Not always. They don't. Yeah. A C in an elven name is always pronounced like a K. But what about a Q? I don't know. I don't know either. We'll have to look it up. Yeah. So some rules are very like hard. Yeah. And fast and yeah. like. Well, it's like English. You know, there's an exception to every rule. Right. Like it's supposed to be Celeborn and Cardan. Hmm. Not Celeborn. Well, I knew it was Celeborn right. because they say Celeborn. They say Celeborn in the movie. But like when I first read these books, I thought that the seas were soft. I and I'm sure a lot of other people did too. With the other one, um, Cardan. Yeah. I I thought it was the soft sea because yeah. it's it looks like circle. Right. So that's my instinct is to say Cardan. Right. right. The, so, so in the Elvish, like if a C starts a word, it's supposed to be a K sound. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but I think Cinderin is a dialect of Eldar, but there's also it's different enough that yeah. it's, I don't know. At one point, I started teaching myself Cinderin. I uh, I I know I've known a couple of people in my life that speak Elvish like pretty fluently. That's so cool. They've just like learned it. That's badass. Yeah. It's very pretty. Yeah. Well, obviously. It's very pretty. It's the language of the elves. Yes. And they know how to write it and everything, too. Yeah. That's sweet. Which I feel like would be much harder to teach yourself to, like, write it all the time and, like, keep it straight because Elvish is such a cursive style handwriting. Yeah. So to keep it neat and, like, because the Elvish characters are, like, really particular, mm. you must take a lot of practice to get that right if you can just, like do it the same way you write your name well i imagine it's like learning any language especially yeah. um like east asian languages yeah um like you know japanese yeah but and the then, writing is one of the harder parts because yeah. it's very particular sweet it would be very cool to learn elvish mm. but i don't have that time to learn elvish i think it'd be cool to learn klingon too yeah because that's Klingon's like cool. the polar opposite of elvish yeah Klingon oh, Klingon's is, very pretty too, in a Klingon way. Klingon is very guttural. Yeah, it's closer to Dwarvish. Oh, there's a. I think there's there's a certain kind of beauty in the King Klingon language. You just love Klingons. I oh, mean, yeah. I love Klingons too. I mean, they're space dwarfs. Yeah, no, they're space. Aren't they space orcs? And they're very Dwarvish. They're all about like family, honor, and duty, and drinking, and drinking, and battle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> Uh, we're off topic. Again. Yeah, we're off topic, and I think uh, I think we're I think we're all set here. Yeah. For the week, if you have uh, if you have contributions to make, such as 
how many of our listeners know how to write or speak Elvish? That's, I'm curious about that. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a relatively large subset of Tolkien fandom that does know at least an amount of Elvish. They're all cool and they're not cool. They are. They're, us. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I've never had the time or the patience to learn a particularly large amount of Elvish. Yeah. I mean, there are online courses. There are. I mean, they're not on like. I mean, you know. It would not be terribly useful. It'd be awesome. Yeah. It would be. Just show up. If you, like, move somewhere, well, maybe not move somewhere, but, like, if you show up to a party and you don't really know anybody and they're just like, hey, so what do you do? And it's like, oh, my job, my day job's boring, but I host a Lord of the Rings podcast and I also speak Elvish. And, like, if the person kind of backs away from you, they're not your friend. But if they immediately are like, say something in elvish they are your friend right then you can like <laughs> swear at them in elvish or insult them and they'll have no idea right and you can just make up whatever you want what'd you just say i said you were beautiful <laughs> it's like subtitles it's like it's all asterisk it's, it's, it's all the it's all the taunts for money python and the holy grail <laughs> i would love to learn how to say that section of money python and the holy grail the french the french knight insults in elvish your i bet that would be great was an elderberry and your father smelled of hamsters he had that backwards yeah whatever <laughs> flip it and reverse it rewind oh yeah so yeah, anyway your mother was a hamster and your father smelled of elderberries because elderberries smell like poop. Do they? I mean, they don't smell good, I guess. I will fart in your general direction. <laughs> <laughs> now go away, or I shall taunt you a second time. <laughs> anyway. I want to learn how to say that line in Elvish. Now go away, or I will taunt, taunt you, you a second time. Because Elven society is very, like, posh. Yeah, it's very well, very well to do. Yeah. <laughs> very Art Nouveau. Oh. As that meme has pointed out to everyone, I cannot. And they say to straight up in the commentaries. Yeah, they say Art Nouveau and Art. Elves are Art Nouveau, and dwarves are Art Deco. Yeah, I can't believe I've never connected that in my brain before, and it makes me so angry because it's so obvious. Yes. Oh, here I am, angry again. <laughs> Hooray! I have issues. <laughs> Hooray! Anyway, um. Uh, also, if you were wondering, because we had Scott as a guest last week, and now we are guestless, it's not because guests are a rare thing, it's because we couldn't find anybody for this week. And I don't know why, because it's a great week. Yeah, and also the timing around recording around our honeymoon yeah. made things difficult. Yeah. But next week, uh, uh, Nick Jimenez from Back to the Future Minute and my co-host on Doctor's Companion is going to join us, uh, and it'll be fun. Nick's Nick's awesome. And he'll probably get on the wagon of telling me I'm wrong too. Uh I feel like Nick Nick uh adds to the uh the tangent train. Oh, we're gonna have some very long so, episodes. Yeah, so if you like tangents, uh next week's your week. And I'm excited <laughs> about it. because uh, he's he's a big Tolkien fan, so That's good. Yeah. Um in the meantime, you can find us at duelinggenre.com. Email us at contact at lordoftheringsminute.com. If you know how to say cool things in Elvish, tell us what you know. That'd be cool. We'll share it as best we can because yeah. our pronunciation is terrible. Um, yes. We are also on Twitter at LOTR Minute. Tumblr, lotrminute.tumblr.com. 
Uh, we have a official Facebook page as well as our listener group. Uh, so you can check those out on Facebook. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes uh, and the other Dueling Genre podcasts uh, in the Dueling Genre family include The Doctor's Companion, which I co-host with Scott and Nick, uh, and they host Back to the Future Minute. And all three of us uh, write, direct, produce, etc., 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 our audio drama Geek by Night, uh, which should be back out this week, if I'm not mistaken, but... Soon. Soon. We've had to take a, a life hiatus because real life has been interesting for all of us. So that should be back. Um, but there's all of the episodes previously on the site. So you should check it out. And we're on Patreon, duelinggenre.com slash support, as well as a one-time donation button. And we're working on merch for our show but there are there's merch for other shows i think we should just put cathartica thunk in block text across a black shirt we have a lot of shirt ideas and i think we need to like narrow it down yeah maybe <laughs> uh and as always special thanks to our patreon associate producer leaper 182 thank you for joining us we're on we're halfway into the like well we're half an hour into the movie which is exciting finally and bilbo is finally leaving hobbiton yes which is quicker than happens in those hobbit movies so yeah whatever <laughs> so uh it took it only took 30 minutes and by our reckoning based on what they say a few weeks or a few months of planning to get bilbo to leave the shire but if they don't condense the timeline it takes gandalf 17 years to get frodo to go well for that's not that point yet right. bilbo's leaving frodo's still 33 right I'm just saying, they don't get to this timeline. It takes so much longer for Gandalf to get Frodo to leave oh, than to get Bilbo to leave. Frodo has more inertia. Yeah. Less uh, inertia. No, more. The more inertia an object has, the harder it is to get it to start. I'm bad at physics. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Everyone should have a great weekend, and we'll see you yeah, next week. have a good weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Bye.